On this episode, we have a really special guest, our friend Gina, who we found through the podcast and have been talking to over the past couple of weeks a lot. And uh, she shares her experiences, and it's a really awesome podcast, My the most fun I've had on a podcast yet. And we're really excited to share with you. Uh, I just want to say that the audio isn't going to be as good on this one because we have to record off the computer in Zoom. But in future um, episodes, we're going to work on getting the quality better. So stay tuned. So hello and welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Connections. Today we have a special guest. Her name's Gina. And um, she we've been connected with her for a few weeks now. She found her podcast and... Um, we've been having weekly meetings, I guess, where we talk and everyone's invited. If you guys are interested, talk about everything from psychedelics to altered states of consciousness, dreams, spirituality, pretty much anything that comes up and it's really fun. And we're very happy to have Gina on the podcast to, um, to connect more with her. Hi guys. Hi. So... I'm yeah so tell us about where you're from and and um maybe how what, you found the podcast when you first heard it what you thought and uh you can get into the rituals or whatever um it'd be cool to um to hear that I think yeah so a little bit of background on me um I am from Michigan I'm in the Midwest of the United States um I grew up in a really small and conservative town um I ended up um graduating and then going um to a little bit of university um in Michigan but ultimately deciding to move to Manhattan New York um I was there for a few years and I just recently moved back to be closer to my partner um, in Detroit, Michigan. So that's just kind of like a really quick synopsis of, of where I'm from and where I'm at now. Um, I found the podcast through my boyfriend, Shane. Um, he found it, I think, on Reddit. Um, he's always on Reddit, so I'm going to assume it was Reddit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he found it through that, and he was like, you would really dig this. Um, we call you guys the Mushroom Bros at our like house. Like, yeah. I'll be like, oh yeah, I've, I'm I've... talking to Rory. And he's like, oh, how are the Mushroom Bros? Like, that's what we call you. Um, so, um, yeah, so he was like, you should check out these Mushroom Bros. And I was like, okay. And um, I really got into your guys' message um, really quickly. Like, within a day, I had listened to all the episodes, um, which I'm not an obsessive person, so that was kind of odd for me. Um, but it was really in an interesting time of my life a few weeks back, um, <laughs> because I've been in this, like, state of confusion, like I think we all are right now, um, where, you know, I don't really know what's going on. I was unemployed for a really long time. Now I'm employed again, and it's not a field I'm used to. So there's a lot of confusion. And then I heard your guys' talks about rituals. And I heard you guys, I think, a week before I started my new job. And I was like, this could be a really good way to process all of these changes that's happening in my life right now. So that's what I ultimately, like, went into your ritual for. It's just, like, some, like, 
peace when starting a new journey. I'm really into meditation. I'm never going to shoot down going to sit in the woods and, and look into someone's eyes. Like God, that's, that's like a normal day for me. So, um, but the eye gazing, I really wasn't too familiar with. Um, I know we last have done that before, but we've never, um, we've never done it sober. Mm. Um, like we were smoking cannabis. Um, but the first time we did the ritual, we weren't smoking cannabis. We just like sat down and looked into each other's eyes and did it sober and just got a feel for like what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And then yep. the next incorporate cannabis. Um, not to say that you don't get something out of it when you don't use cannabis versus when you do. Um, I just like cannabis. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we started doing um, the eye gazing from the beginning. Um, set on the ground um and i think being like at the same level as someone like instead of just like sitting in front of them actually physically being on the same level is important um and like the closer you are to the person the better so like shane and i were like nose to nose when we do this um and yeah we just kind of like sit there and um i'm glad you brought that up because uh what'd you say i'm glad you brought that up because the eye gazing we've been talking about that a lot recently too because yep. uh we had we had a ritual this sunday and i missed the previous one and i was kind of out of the loop feeling pretty uncomfortable but i mean me and rory were saying how like when we look at each other's eyes we get way more out of than when we looked at anyone else's eyes and it's almost like there is a uh there's a willingness to be open yeah on either part's end Definitely. because we trust each other with that level but with other people yeah. you can tell the trust isn't quite there so you even though you're looking at the eyes, you're not getting as much. And it's, it's like this. Now are you, have you guys switched partners? Like, have you like Absolutely. Your dad's eyes? Yeah. Or- yeah. So okay. we, we so, try and do it, break it up. Yeah. It's, organically. It's, it's honestly kind of, kind of funny, but we just kind of, we, what we do is we start the ritual and then within 10 or 15 minutes, we're completely silent this whole time. And then we just kind of look at, and we, we try to like, like you were saying, like we, I try we, and like, we do one at a time and then we like yeah. switch and we switch. So like, this person's going to the left. The person across me is going to the right. So it's just... I mean, honestly, it always starts... Everyone, that's so confusing, but basically... Everyone's just, like, looking down. And I usually start by, like, trying to make eye contact with someone. Because everyone's in their own world. And, like, that's okay yeah. for the first few minutes. Like, feel anything that's going on. But then allow it to be expressed. And so, like, I try and look at Rory usually first. And just be like, yeah, are you with me in this? And usually it happens within like a minute or oh. two of, of smoking because we are already feeling so much and I'm mm-hmm. trying to express that. Yeah. But then I look at my dad and he's looking down. I look at Tom and he's not looking at me. But I try and like keep looking at them until they make eye contact. And then I try and hold the gaze. So you guys are almost in like a ceremonial circle. Yeah. And you like kind of like switch up where you're looking. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, we've never done it with like more than one person. Um, like we've brought... I mean, like, we go in the woods with people all the time and stuff and, like, you know, meditate and things like that. But, like, as far as, like, sitting down and looking at someone else for a period of time, like, just in their eyes, like, no. Yeah. But I wonder, too, like, how much that would change things. Like, is that, like, um... Oh, it changes everything. Is that your connection with the other person or is that just the other person's, like, level of spiritual maturity that, like, allows for that openness? Like... Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think it's both, but the trust in the person's huge, and like, uh, it is tough. Like, even just having other people there while I'm looking at Rory's eyes, I don't know if it makes it harder or not as hard, but 
if I, I even sometimes I'll look at my dad and Rory when they're looking at each other's eyes and I'm not looking at their, either of their eyes, but I'm just watching them do it. And it's really powerful emotionally for me too, even just that, because I'm seeing something, you know, some exchange that's really valuable for both of them. You remembered like, are your visuals and the things that you are thinking about, do they change when you change people? Yeah, definitely. Like you're looking at? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, But like, at the same time, like the core thing, emotions that I'm feeling are very similar. Like I'll look at Roy and I'll feel fear and that fear will be manifested in different ways. Maybe thoughts of like what could happen in the future or something. Yeah. And I'll look at my dad and I'll, I'll feel that same fear, but it'll be fear around other things maybe. But uh, it's definitely like an yeah, it's, overwhelming Well, it's definitely, dire- it's directly connected to the person. So if, if I'm feeling a fear from you, it's not going to be the same feel, fear that I'm feeling with anyone else. Yeah. But So it's directly connected, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> If I if I were to speak on the eye gazing at all, I would say the when I see Ryan's eyes, it's I don't really know how to speak on it, but it's 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 one of the most incredible things that I've uh, been shown to to uh, yeah, I mean as a practice, you know, it's really um, it's it's it, like it's, it's like it's like we can work through all of this stuff together without saying anything. And, yeah. and almost like there's, yeah. And then it's just like afterwards, it feels like a, kind of like a weight has been. Lifted. What was interesting was this last ritual was like, I felt all this stuff being exchanged between me and you and like this fear and stuff, but I knew I wasn't alone in it cause you were feeling it too. And then it felt like it was resolved and I didn't know why I was feeling all these feelings. But then after we stopped and we started talking about it, mm-hmm. I thought back on those feelings. I was like, Oh, and it like created a story around it. Like, Oh, I'm afraid that this is going to happen because of these people or whatever or like i'm afraid that something's going to go wrong here and it's like all these fears that they don't have a story connected to them, a logical thing you just allow them in emotionally yeah. exchange them and then you can create a story that they fit into right but like the eye gazing to me it's like so much of like just the 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 emotional intuitive mind like logic can't touch it words have no no real value in that in that moment uh, it would just take a very long time to get words from them because the you know it's they're so I, so like I deep. said last time I get after we stop eye gazing and start talking I feel like I forgot how to talk like my words I like I just don't <laughs> yeah. know how to speak like, yeah 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 because it's like the words aren't getting at what I'm trying to convey I yeah I kind of kind of feel that way too actually but when I look in your eyes like everything is being conveyed yeah purely unadulterated guys done it. Like, so I decided, um, cause Shane and I, a lot of times we, when we go into the woods and stuff, like we're there to look for mushrooms and like, we're on a hype about mushrooms. Um, <laughs> but, um, sometimes we forget to like sit down and like take time for ourselves. And so another way, cause I really wanted to see like, you know, like what's, what is like the full effect that I could get from this ritual or like any, I do this with all like new things I get into, but I decided every morning when I meditate to add it to like my checklist of like my morning meditations. Um, and I really enjoyed this idea of eye gazing, but I found that it was more insightful for me when I do it by myself. Yeah. So like when I'm sitting alone and meditating, staring at myself, mm. Interesting. that gets freaky deaky. Like that gets real weird. Seriously. Like, I sit on my floor and I look into, I'm looking at the mirror I look into right now 
and I usually have, like, my incense going and the music, whatever. Um, and, like, you become so pigeonholed in your vision and, like, so tunnel visioned. Like, you're looking you're looking at your eyes, but it's, like, that one, um, I forgot. It's, like, that one, um, like, screensaver, you know, where it just, like, you can keep looking into it, and it's just, like, an infinite point. Yeah. That's kind of, like, what my visuals, like, turn into. And then I'm able to, like, roll it over and start my meditation process. And so it's, like, a really nice, like, pre-ritual for me before, like, my meditation, because I also do, like, my hummingbird prayer in the morning and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's such a good way to like start my, my hour of time. Yeah. I, I also, I wanted to say like, it's, I commend you for doing that. Like, I don't think I would be able to do that with my partner. I don't know that I'd be able to do that. So that's a really, really uh, cool and like courageous and awesome that you have, have tried that. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the great thing about rituals are is you can ingrain the intention of what you're doing right into the structure. So like when we go up in, on Sundays, we don't think about, oh, we have to do it this way and this way and this way and this way. And we like, should we do this or that? It's just we do it right. exactly it, it be, how it's structured. It's, and right, that creates right. the effects that we want every time. And like I try to do that with other parts of my life. Like I want to wake up and drink a tea very intentionally and meditate very intentionally and that'll be ritualized and it won't be like a question of should i wake up or should i do this or not it's just that is what you do because it's the ritual and that's what i'm trying trying to do with the tuesdays we started doing the cold water baths in nature and that's like a thing where every if i think about it, it's like i'm not going to do that i don't want to do that but if i just tell myself it's a ritual there's no choice it's what we do then i end up getting in the water every time and it's like that's the power of rituals, I think. Yeah, yeah, and also like, yeah, <clears throat> totally. It, there's so much unspoken about it. Like, there's so much unspoken intention that goes into it. Yeah, and it, it is powerful. And I think the foraging for mushrooms thing is amazing too. That's really I've been doing that more now than ever, and it's such a, like a spiritual and just informative and educative thing to do. What? What put you onto foraging? I mean, I've known about it for a long time. I just never thought it would be that interesting. And it was actually one Sunday, I we were up at our ritual spot, and we actually took a small dose, mild dose of psilocybin. And that day, I noted like 20 different type of mushrooms, and some I've never seen, most of them I've never seen before, like looking in Vermont. And I realized how interesting mushrooms really are, how beautiful they are, and how like cool it would be to learn more about them. And since then, I've never been able to find as many mushrooms when I go out in the forest, but I always find something that's interesting and something that I can learn from, really. Like, learning how to use the land is such an empowering thing. Learning how to live off the land. Have you seen the um, Fantastic Fungi documentary? Yeah, Rory watched it. I just just watched it last week, actually, for the first time. And what also was really interesting that day that we took the psilocybin up there was we found the ghost pipe. And I never knew what ghost pipe really was. Actually, uh, Tom had told me for the first time. I mean, I'd seen it before, but he told me what it was and the medicinal properties of it. And uh, it was we, we didn't notice it until we were like feeling the small effects of the of the psilocybin. And uh, we look over. What are the medicinal effects of ghost pipe? It's a, it's a nervine, right? Yeah. It's, so it's it's <clears throat> not fungi. No. Yeah. No, it's, it's a not. plant with no chlorophyll or Right. It's a parasitic Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it can help with like nerve pain, I think. Yeah, and like mostly pain, I guess. Yeah, but it's supposed to be used pretty sparingly, I guess. But it was interesting because I looked. One of us looked over, and there was a whole bunch of ghost pipe right next to one of us. It was yeah. pretty cool. But I wanted to ask you. I know we've been talking a lot about the rituals and eye gazing, but I'm curious what. Um, when did you first hear about psychedelics or start getting into them? At least. And I was like, why was I never interested? Like, I lived in New York, and I never took psychs. Never. Like, I didn't smoke weed out there. I didn't do drugs. And I was like, what is it that just, like, changed me so drastically? And um, I don't remember growing up and hearing about mushrooms or LSD or anything. Ayahuasca. Like, ayahuasca. The first time Shane ever said ayahuasca to me, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, um, I had no idea. And so I started dating Shane two years, three years ago, three years ago. And, um, it was him. He really was the one who started talking to me about it and, um, telling me about like different medical studies. And like Shane looks at the world uh, very differently than I do. Well, now that's starting to change. But at that time I looked at the world a lot differently. Um, I wasn't a learner. I didn't think that I actually... Um, knew how to digest information. Um, I blame our school system. I shouldn't have passed a lot of grades that I passed because like I never got that in my head, like the concept of actually learning a skill and like developing on that skill. Um, And then I got out into the real world and I was just like fake it till you make it mentality, which a lot of people have. And that's a great thing to have instilled in you but like that should not be your only driving factor you know like you still need to develop skills oh yeah um and I started my life as a photographer um and I went to school for it and stuff but like I never really built like I never had foundation on anything that I ever did whether it was photography or education or whatever so Shane like brought a different aspect to my life where I saw foundation in him and I saw um, that he worked really hard for what he had and I had never experienced that. Um, I never really had to work for what I had. I came from money. Um, I I didn't know about that. Um, so when he started talking to me about psychedelics and then I got curious because I was always into like the supernatural world and stuff and so I was like, oh, this is almost like spiritual and I've always loved spiritual things and like I remember ghost hunting when I was a kid (laughs) like things like that and so I was like this could be kind of like something I would actually be genuinely interested in um so then I started looking by myself for the first time ever like medical research on things and like the benefits of taking something um and I was like scared shitless to take any sort of drug um so I really like looked into it and started reading about it and reading about people who took it the best thing was like reading people's trip journals online um and just seeing like what an average experience looked like and then about two years ago I was like I think I'm ready to try it um the first thing I tried was LSD um 
after LSD, I tried DMT, then I tried LSD again, and then I tried LSD quite a few other times, but um, I hadn't touched mushrooms until this past year. Um, so that's just kind of how like I got into it. It was really just like curiosity. Um, but I did not start taking um, any form of psychedelic drugs until I was 22 years old. Um, so I was, it was a lot, I felt really old. Like yeah. Yeah. now when I talk to people, people like have had their first trips when they were like 16. And I don't think that's, yeah. I don't know about I can relate yeah. to you a lot. Like I had my first psychedelic experience at 23 and I think back, like if I had that at 16, it would have ruined me. Like I wouldn't have been able to process that at all. And at least like for me, when I was 23, I, I kind of get into it like you did. I was researching first and I saw like the potential value in these things on a, a therapeutic level. And right. also like you, I didn't have any structure growing up for like what to do. And I pretty much had everything given to me. Didn't, had the worst work ethic. I felt like I couldn't work. Oh, I would just, I would last, <laughs> I would last at jobs for literally three days. Like I lasted at Shaw's for three days and I'm like, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Seriously. but then that led me to get really depressed because I was like, Oh, I'm broken. You know, society, I'm not right for society. Cause I can't work uh, a menial job for the rest of my life. Well, everyone else can. So there must be something wrong with me. I'm a bum or I'm lazy. And then I got depressed. Then I searched for alternative treatments for depression because the moder- the the medical model didn't work for me. The antidepressants and stuff weren't working. And I came across psychedelics and mushrooms. And then I got into it, and it, it has changed my life drastically. But it, it's allowed me to like build a foundation where there was none. You know. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. No, absolutely. I don't think that this corporate like system works for a majority of people. Um, yeah. I think that there are two things we are offered there's our spiritual journey and our corporate journey and the problem is is that a lot of people choose the corporate journey when they want to choose the spiritual journey because it's a lot harder to get into the spiritual journey it's a lot more confusing Um, especially when we live in a world where we are so detached from our instincts like are you kidding me like compared to our ancestors and stuff like our instincts are so dull and so like crappy um we don't really we're so far away from like our intuition, um, yeah. all those like gut feelings that we have. I think we're taught to acknowledge them, but like really taught to like put them on the back burner when they're like yeah. even a little bit adventurous. So yeah, yeah, it, no, I if, totally get that. If the emotions and intuition interfere with the logic, we're told to discard them because we're like a logical based society. Like if you right. do this, then you. If you go to college, then you'll get a job, then you'll get money, then you'll get a house, and it's like yeah, that. It's it's all ma- almost material. Like you, you'll material, re- you'll right. receive this when you do all that work, but then your spirit that, your spirit is left empty, and it's like well, well yeah, that, that, but unfulfilled. It caused me to have like this like adverse reaction in my head hearing those things as a kid because I remember my mom saying, "So my family's super Italian, and I hope like no one listening to this is just like judging my mom, but um." she grew up like super traditional my dad's very traditional like it's 1950s in our house but it's 2000 whatever on the outside world like that's how I grew up I grew up hearing those things really and I remember um I got a bill one day in the mail and my dad was like do you want me to pay this for you and I was like yeah actually can you show me how to pay it and my mom goes what and I was like yeah I need to learn how to pay my bills like I'm at the time I was like 19 years old and I didn't know how to pay like a credit card bill. 
And my dad was like, yeah, come here, I'll show you. Because he had, like, the online banking thing. And she was like, no, like, you don't need to learn this. Like, you're going to get a husband one day, and he can do it for you. You you really don't need to learn this. Hmm. And I, like, remember having, like, this weird flashback of, like, sitting. I've always had flashbacks, like, mentally. Like, I always, like, had thoughts through images. Um, And, like, my, my thoughts play, like, videos, whereas, like, other people's thoughts play, like, I don't actually know because I don't know other people's thoughts, but, um, (laughs) I just think it's weird. Um, so yeah. So I remember having a flashback to like being a kid and my mom being like, oh yeah, you'll grow up, you'll go to college. And then while you're at college, you'll meet a man and then like, he'll be the breadwinner and then you'll have babies and live this beautiful life. A kid and like, having this timeline in my head and I was like, okay, but when am I going to travel? When am I going to see things and learn things and have crazy experiences and move here and move there? And like, how does that fit in to the timeline I'm being fed right now of what my life's going to turn out to be like? And having that glitch in the matrix of like, shit, that's not what I want. But like being too scared to like tell your parents, like that's not who I am. Um, it just, led me to be depressed as a kid you know it led me to lie it led me to be reckless it led me to um have several suicide attempts it led to a lot of things because I didn't know how to tell my parents that I don't want to live the life that they have so carefully like planned out for me yeah I mean we can both relate to that this idea of should I be who my parents want me to be or should I follow my own instincts and like yeah and you kind of get you get caught in between the two and it's not really a life to live because it you know it's just it's you know it's one one or the other and uh and and yeah it's for me it was you know it it was tragic it was it was difficult i mean it led i guess it led all of us into destructive patterns where it yeah disconnected us even more from our spirituality who we wanted to be and right yeah, it's like uh, Graham Hancock says we've we've uh, severed our connection with spirit in this uh, this yeah. modern day. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and, and like the in yeah, sorry. I mean, that's not to say like uh, our parents are bad for what they did because they did what what was best right. and, with yeah. what they were given, and it's like a societal problem. Like this is what the society favors; they favor the logical, material thing, and like that's the safe bet. If you want to do something different, it's going to be hard and it's going to, you're going to take a lot of risk. But like, I think that's what I was fighting for my whole life, really. And yeah. I didn't have the courage to make those steps until I found psychedelics. And really, until we started doing this ritual, too. Like, it's been amazing. Like, our lives, personally, my life, I guess, has changed drastically in, in you know, 26 weeks. More than it did in the previous five. And, like, that's powerful. Because five I felt weeks. like previous five years five years right because i felt like my whole life i was trying to change and every time i would try and change i'd get really amped up then i would relapse into depressive patterns and go deeper than before mm-hmm. like i would find outlets like i don't know i was interested in a lot of things but like i'd find an outlet get really obsessed with it for a while and get to a point where it's like okay this isn't gonna work i feel like a failure and i fall deeper into the depressive state but then before Right. And even when I brought psychedelics to mom and dad and like told them this research and everything, they're like, oh, he's just going to get bored of this again, too. Because like that's what he does with everything. He falls in love with it, gets obsessed with it, then forgets it. But like I knew when I had my first psychedelic experience, I would never forget that. And I would I would use it to impact the rest of my life. Like I knew that immediately. It's incredible. I love it. 
So Gina, tell I wanted to hear about the benefits that you have um, you've gotten from from the psychedelics because you you were telling me earlier about some pretty extraordinary things. Yeah. So. Um... So like when when did you when did sorry when did you like so. I don't know. So, like, when did you... You said you didn't get introduced to the psilocybin until later. Yeah, one year ago, right? Why don't you talk about that? So, I much, much more prefer LSD than psilocybin, hmm. which probably goes against so many people. Um, well, you're talking to the Mushroom Brothers, so... Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> get that shit um, out of here. No, not at all. <laughs> I really actually shouldn't say that. I don't know enough about psilocybin, and I really think... Deep down, when I listen to myself, I'm like, eh, you prefer mushrooms. But um, every, I've, I've, to be honest, I've really only had one substantial mushroom trip. The other trips that I had with mushrooms, my relationship with mushrooms in general is different than other people's. Um, I have chosen a more um, microdose approach to mushrooms than um, psychedelic doses. Um, which have been extremely beneficial. I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and the doctor that I was listening to was like, I don't believe in microdosing. And if I could talk to that guy, I'd be like, why? Because microdosing for me has been extremely beneficial. Um, It's just on a daily basis, you feel like this connection. Um, And it's a way for you to stay connected with plants and nature and stuff when you feel bogged down without actually having to, to like go to this like journey mm-hmm. um but yeah no I so I had my first dose of mushrooms about a year ago um I didn't really feel anything when I took them we took them with orange juice I remember feeling super nauseous um and just like sitting on the couch and we were watching like off the air or something and it was like a total waste of an evening <laughs> um <laughs> And then I remember like waking up the next day in a really good mood and feeling bright and having, having happy and having some like afterglow, but, um, didn't do much. Um, then I took mushrooms again, still didn't really do much for me. Um, I got the, like the psychedelic effects of it, but it really wasn't, it didn't mean anything. Whereas like in the past when I had taken LSD or DMT, there was this, overwhelming sense of unity to everything this overwhelming sense of i am just like athenes for mother nature i am just my heart is open to everyone love is the answer like lsd taught me all of that um and again like my one psychedelic dose of mushrooms that i just had what was that like three months ago four months ago um was the most powerful psychedelic experience I've ever had. Yes, it was also overwhelming. It was also not something that I would suggest anyone to have or try. Um, but like also at the same time, tell everyone like take mushrooms. Um, but like, it was just like, it was just like crazy. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I'm yeah. still unpacking that. Um, and I can get into that if you want, but it really just, it it's, it's a lot. I don't have the relationship with mushrooms that's mature enough to like talk and advocate for mushrooms. I, I mean, I, I don't really either. Um, I took a, a high dose, five grams, five grams in silent darkness. Right. And, um, that was 
up there, if not the strongest psychedelic experience I've ever had in my life. I didn't, I didn't yeah. even know how to understand a lot of what I was going through. Um, but it was some it was some very heavy stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think it's it. There, there, it's it's incredible what what the psilocybin can do at a high dose. And I think we've talked about this before, but that relationship you have with a substance is more important, I think, than the actual substance. Like we cultivate these relationships with certain yeah. substances. Like for me, cannabis was always a disconnecting relationship I had with it. When I took it, I would just tune out, and that's how I used it. And I never thought cannabis could even be used therapeutically because I just only had these experiences of just like using it to disconnect from life to play video games and just not well out. yeah if you have like a very well-defined intention going in but yeah. you, you, you can't if you think well, of it, it like it goes, oh I could use it for anything I mean that's no I mean it goes back to set and right, setting right really yeah. that's mm-hmm. at the core of it with any any substance any altered mind-altering effects yeah. like and for me psilocybin was always the hardest uh, like the most difficult relationship. Like they, yeah. like if I was to uh, imagine it, it would be like a relationship with my father where it's like, he's stern. He wants the best for me, but he's not going to be super loving. Like I, I felt with the ayahuasca, I just felt overwhelming love and just like felt like everything was okay. But with psilocybin, it was more stern, it was, more it, sinister. Like it, it, was, it was like your choice it was, it was, you have. If, you know? if to me, it was a, a good word to describe it would be like relentless. Yeah. Relentless and overwhelming and, yeah, it just flooded me with with a bunch of stuff that um, like wasn't really prepared for, I guess, as well as I could have been, you know? A good way for me to explain it was, like, with the ayahuasca, if there was this fear underlying it, but the overwhelming feeling that everything was good and the love of it covered up the fear, so I didn't have to touch it. Yeah, yeah. But with psilocybin, it won't cover that up as much. It'll allow me to, to see the fear and feel the fear, Yeah. and it may push me too hard, kind of. Yeah. But I think... Ultimately, we get what we need, you know, not always what we want. I did get, um, I did get like a really beautiful moment um, when I was on mushrooms it, the, at the beginning. So like when we took it, um, we took it, we put it in lemon juice. That's how we took it. And that's supposed to like potentiate it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was like within 30 seconds of me swallowing the mushrooms that I was like, flat on my face in bed drooling like I it was like someone slingshot me into a different universe I mean truly like I have never had this like unconscious kind of experience it was like my eyes were open but I was completely you couldn't talk to me like no connection um and when I took the mushrooms the very first thing I saw which is very um prevalent in my life afterwards is um I was brought to like the beginning of time I was at the center of the beginning of time when the world started and the mushrooms were sitting there telling me about how they were made and why they're here and what their job is and they were showing me their communication grids and like we talk to the entire world at once and like all of this crazy stuff. And like, mind you, I really didn't know a lot about mushrooms at that point. Like all of my love for mushrooms came after this trip. Like within the last six months, Mm. I've been like, mushrooms are the answer to literally everything. Um, In some sort of way, whether it's other mushrooms, medicinal uses or whatever, mushrooms can feed people. Like they can grow so quickly. They grow on anything. They're relentless. Um, And I think that 
all of those beautiful traits of mycelium come out during a a psychedelic trip of it, you know, and and that's why it was so fitting for them to show me how they were created and how they've evolved. And then they showed me, um, you know, our early, early, early ancestors, them using mushrooms for evolution and like to create and to build and create this foundation in the world. But they also showed me pillaging and like, you know, the horrible things that come with evolution and cultivating things and growing Mm. things and creating a society. Um, And then that's where like the mushrooms took a dark turn and we were in like slave trade days and we were here and we saw racism and we saw homophobia and like it was like everything at once. And Mm. at the end of it all, the mushrooms basically sat down with me and they were like, when the world is in chaos, we grow from chaos. But when the world is in love, then we grow in love. The energy that is out there in the universe is the energy that we grow from. So like, if you guys don't start making changes in the world and like start showing love, we are of to no benefit to you. We're not going to teach you anything. We're not gonna show you anything you don't already know. Like we're not able to help you guys on your journey if the world is just in disarray. Hmm. And then after that, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And I'm sitting in a house in the middle of COVID and like people are dying. And I'm like, how do I be loved? How do I do that? And after that trip, I've since declared that I won't take drugs for at least five years because it was just like such a remarkable trip that I um I'm still processing it it literally told me everything that I needed to know about myself and my trajectory and there's nothing else that the mushrooms or LSD can give me or whatever um can give me because they've already told me everything I need to stop going to that place and take what I learned from that place and bring it back to this place because this place is really who needs it um so yeah so love love is like one big thing like if anyone's listening to this podcast I would be like love everyone every every single second of every single day just put out love and it's really hard yeah. but once you start doing it it's not that hard you know it's, it's, it's not that hard once you build it into your rituals and once you build it into just like human experience because like yeah. I wasn't yeah. taught as a kid to love everyone I was taught I mean that's just not like a lesson people teach you they say like yeah love your parents and stuff but like no you need to love the stranger walking down the street well the other thing is understanding it and feeling it is different like i was told you know i love you but the feeling of love the feeling that you get in a psychedelic experience of just overwhelming love for everything in the universe that is what is transformative and the same with like unity like people say everything is connected i can understand that logically but until i experience that in a psychedelic experience I can't really truly um, respect it for all that it is. Like feeling true oneness, that's similar to what I feel up on Sundays looking at your eyes. Like feeling deeply connected with everything, it's an empowering feeling. It's also very scary because you realize how much things are dependent on you, honestly. There's a massive responsibility and it's unavoidable. If you want to have an effect on the world, you have to take with that the responsibility that you could have a negative effect if you didn't, if you, depending on how you act. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more I was going to say about 
that, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, your experience with mushrooms parallels a lot with mine. And it was a lot about that first message I got was, or maybe you got this from your LSD experiences, but that first message I got was that love. And I tried to integrate it into my life. And I felt like, why do I keep needing to go back to this experience? Why do I keep needing to have another experience to, to be in tune with that? And I think it, the main think reason... It doesn't seem that simple, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like, really, it's that easy. Like, love, like, come on, you well, know? I th- it doesn't seem like that's, like, really the answer to everything. It's just, like, loving people. But, yeah. like, no, that's, like, literally it. I think like, the... the anything that's broken in someone, you can, you can really fix it with love. I agree. But the other thing for me was I couldn't keep internalizing it and integrating that until really, I think this ritual came about. And then it was like every Sunday I can revisit these things and not, maybe it's not consciously revisiting that like love and and unity, but it's that feeling, that feeling of every, all of that, that I've learned over the years and experienced over the years, feeling it all at once and being like, okay, use this to, to use this and impact my life right now in this moment. And that's why all my past psychedelic experiences have more effect now in my Sunday rituals in the weeks that that fall in the week that follows than ever before in my life. Like a more true, like in the past, my psychedelic experiences were kind of like I was like very enthusiastic and almost manic, but it was kind of fake, you know. It wasn't true as it is now. Like right now, I know. I don't know. I know what I know, and yeah. I can trust it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because I've seen it. I've I've seen the transformation that it's had in, in your life and in my own as well. There's, there's but no... there are like other things, you know, like what we were talking about earlier. Like when I took LSD about a year ago now, um, I had a vision of whatever a moment in it where. I was just like looking at myself in the mirror and I like saw my body morphing. Right. And at the time, like I've told you, like I weighed almost 400 pounds, like not even really because of like something I was doing. I um, have thyroid issues and my metabolism is really slow. And like, that's just like my thing. Like that's my big like struggle. Um, and I was looking in the mirror and like my looking in a mirror on LSD is always so weird, but it was like a different kind of weird. I just like had like visuals of like me as a kid. This is like super graphic, but like, um, when I was a kid, I like remember my mom like pointing out my fat and I remember like holding that fat in my hand and like wanting to take scissors and like cut it off. And I just like, got so sad for like that little kid you know and Mm. I was like why you're still harboring like this sadness Mm. and then I had like this like feeling of like something being like taken out of me crazy feeling I felt it twice now but it's just like something is taken from me like a darkness like it's like liberated something yeah it's taken from you and I remember looking in the mirror and just like feeling something being ached like from me and I remember seeing my face getting all distorted and like it was like fucking like an exorcism or something like I don't even know it was so weird and the next day the next morning I woke up and I went on a run and then I went on another run and then I went on another run and in a year I'm now like 160 pounds 
I don't know what that math is, but it's a lot. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. And it was like, it's almost anytime children. I like have yeah. wanted to give up or like when I've been at the gym and I've been like planking and I can't plank anymore, I, my brain is now wired to like see that visual of like that thing being taken from me. That's amazing. And like that block just like being clear. That's like the power of symbols. The, the symbol ties you to that moment, that experience. Right. right. It was freaking wild. And like, there's no, I mean, obviously there, there was a lot of steps. Like you don't like take a drug and you're skinny. Like yeah. I saw doctors, I got help, I, whatever. But that's what started it. The catalyst. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the power of, of a meme, really. And because in my life, I, um, whenever I'm struggling and I think back to that, um, psychedelic experience I had that gives me it, it's going to sound woo woo and crazy but that gives me so much power um, in in like going forward in life because I the feeling I had in that moment in that psychedelic trip was the most blissful feeling and it was just it, um, it was just the most empowering thing it's like I've been through everything I've been through in life and I'm here everything's okay right now I know right. For a, for a fact, I can get through much more difficult things, like much more difficult. And like the psychedelic experience is extremely difficult. So if I'm getting through that right now, you know, I can use that to, um, it, it, as like a meme to empower myself later in life when things are going, getting yeah. tough. Yeah. I mean, I think these symbols or these memes that we have throughout our lives can be incredibly empowering or sometimes they can even be traumatic and hindering. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's un like, there's undoubted p- power in these experiences that, yeah, well, that we have. Yeah. In the, in, I know we just talk a lot about rituals, but the ritual kind of, um, grounds me each time I go there and it's, it's just like a renewal or yeah, it's a, renewal a renewal of, of those... spirit, a renewal of like a revitalization of like just getting through whatever the difficult sh- shit it is to get through. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's so empowering to be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I get a lot of my microdoses too. Is just like that, like refresh button, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we were talking about that yesterday uh, in our ritual. We were talking about how, you know, people, you know, in ancient cultures would use these things as kind of like a resetting. Yeah. Resetting, like, like a, kind of a ref- refresh, or like we were even thinking about it as like cold water immersion could have been one of the earlier on ancient techniques for altered state of consciousness where you could kind of free, let go like let, let go of that stuff that we're holding on like whether it's sadness or whether it's shame or whether it's fear or whatever from childhood that we didn't allow ourselves to process yeah we can get into that state feel it and let it go once you can once you can feel it you can resolve it and i, I mean cold, cold water immersion to me i kind of related to like a baptism <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, like a baptism, especially like uh, back when the when the baptisms were much more more than just putting ba- water on a baby's head, um, <laughs> but like it it really is like a, in a way, um, especially in the cold water. You know, it's it's it's. I go in there. You saw me the other day. I went in there, uh, looking disheveled and. Uh, yeah. I, you, I mean, you know, I had like a struggle. You, went, you that, went in there like you were going to your grave, and you came out like you were just reborn. <laughs> Literally, you had a completely different yeah. energy about you. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I know. I felt the energy. I knew that. I didn't couldn't see it from the outside, but I knew that I had experienced 
um, something. I think that's what these rituals do. It's this revitalization. It's this confronting and letting go of this stuff. It's like a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice parts of your life, parts of yourself, and in order to get something new, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's why I feel like it resets my brain. Kind of, it kind of like allows me to let go of things I don't use. Like I have this desire to hold on to every memory and every fact I ever had, even mm-hmm. though 99% of it never gets used. Because I think, oh, I might need that. It's like a hoarder's mentality psychologically. Yeah. So like if I go into that water, I can let go of stuff. And I remember yeah. the first time I did that after the water, I saw two, keep, two people from high school that I always knew, but I was never like associated with. And I'm like, I don't remember their names. It's the first time I ever thought that. And it's like, I guess my brain is like, you don't need these anymore. You can let them go, you know? Wow. But I don't know. I wanted to ask you one thing, Gina, before we go was just how did it feel looking into your partner's eyes and holding gaze? experience would be the same for everyone my experience personally honestly whatever Shane and I do things like that um also we've only ever tripped with each other um so I think that might change things Mm -hmm. but um it's like just like I mean Shane's my partner you know and like that's really I don't have any doubts about that like the love that I get from Shane and that I try to give back to Shane is like unbreakable. Like it's like an overwhelming sense of unity and trust and everything that's like good and warm. Um, and that's it. That's what gazing, eye gazing does for us is it just like reminds us that like we're here. Oh yeah. We're fine. Well, um, we're figuring this out and like whatever it is that we need to figure out, like we got this. Yeah. And like, I mean, it def- I don't know if you do it with the right person. I think that's kind of what everybody gets. Right. Like, def- I, I mean, on some level, yeah. Like you get the deeper connection and you feel the gratitude. But when I look in yeah, Rory's like, eyes, not, like sexually aroused or anything, it's no. just like, a- <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, you said like, it's all the pleasant emotions and like, I get a lot of the pleasant emotions too, but I get a lot of the negative emotions as well. I look at Rory and I just feel fear. And paranoia. Well, well, I mean, I, I think, but it's, it, it's, it depends because I, I allow, I allow you. Yeah. I, I, not intentionally. Sometimes it feels like I'm doing it intentionally, but I almost. Um, but that's what we encourage. Put, that's put, that's our intention. Right. Feel fear as intrinsically a good thing. Yeah. And so when I look at you, I can trust in that more than anything, okay. and I can feel deeper fear than I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. But if I look at someone else, and the first time we did it. It wasn't like that. It was all the positive things. It, and it, it still has a lot of positive. It's, I mean, positive, negative, it's not like, that's not how I'm trying to frame it. Right, but right. A lot of joy and happiness and gratitude. Right. As well as a lot of pain, fear, and anxiety. Right. And the more I allow myself to feel that pain, fear, and anxiety, the more I am. The stronger allow, the bond becomes. The stronger the us. bond. Yeah. And also the more that I allow in the love and gratitude as well. Right. It's a more emotions, more feeling oh, yeah. on every yeah. level. Yeah. Whereas before, when I would look at you and I would like, I just be able to like stave off the negative or the uncomfortable emotions. Yeah, it would be the gratitude and love, but it would be on a it would, slightly smaller level. Right. Yeah. So you might feel regret later that you weren't weren't giving more. it my all. I guess. Yeah. But wait, I want to talk about like what you guys are um, implementing from what you've learned from drugs. Like in our everyday life. 
Yeah. Like what, what lessons have you taken from it? Um, well, personally, I've, uh, been much more. The, Maybe anything. I mean, like here, I'll just, whatever, yeah, I've been, I've been much more like mindful of, uh, eating, um, definitely. And, and, and really doing any, anything, anything that I ingest, I am a little more thoughtful about. I think it comes down to just mindful of the present moment. Yeah. Not being so focused on the future of what could go wrong. Anxieties, not focused on the past, yeah. shame and guilt, things that you did wrong. Yeah. That you can be present in the moment and be okay. Right. So like in the past, I would, when I was doing uh, hard drugs, I was always, wor- I was always, in, I was never living in the moment because I was all, yeah. even, even today I'm not living in the, this exact moment completely. Yeah. You know, that's, it's I don't even know if that's a, I don't know if that's possible. Maybe for like an animal or, for, or like a, a pet or something, but not for like yeah. humans. I don't know. So um, when you were sober, when like when you were addi- an addict, but you were sober, what was the feeling? Oh, I just wanted to just want to do anything for the drug. Just to get just to get out of that moment. Just to get out, yeah. Which that moment you were probably feeling a lot of shame for oh, yeah. the past, thinking about all the things you've done wrong worry about the future, all the things that could go wrong. And it's like, I just need to be taken out of that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it was for me too. It was that with video games and other substances too. And really anything that could disconnect me from the present moment. The present moment to me was the scariest thing because in the present moment, that's when you kind of give up control. You just are, are just there Mm -hmm. at the whim of the universe. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm thinking about the future, I can kind of outthink I can try and outthink the universe, you know, like prepare for all these different things that could go wrong, but that yeah. never works. You end up creating those things. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's, it's so like, cr- yeah, this ritual is like kind of training, training me to be present and trust the present moment. And I mean, there's tons of like little lessons I've learned along the way, but it, that is the core of it really. And like the other things like I keep relearning over and over and over again, like just trying to like, I don't know. There's a lot of things like trying to be honest and understanding that honesty. If I'm honest, that's the best thing because it, it just creates, I don't know, trust really Mm -hmm. trust and vulnerability. And even if I'm honest and it's an uncomfortable thing to bring up, I'd much rather lie. Like having this belief that doing the thing that is most vulnerable and most true will be rewarded. That is a belief that I really have. And I try and do all the time confronting fear like instead of shying away from fear trying to confront fear and actively seek it and try and grow from it that is something i try and do all the time and i can't do these things all the time but these are like the lessons i've learned along the on the way that i try and integrate into like my default mode network like my way of seeing the world and uh i'm hoping that like years from now it's going to be stronger than ever and like i'm going to keep develop it's it's exciting because i'm I'm 26. I can keep doing this, developing this for as long as I live. When I'm, you know, 70, I'll be way better of a person than I am now. And it's not better of a person, but way more growth and development. And that's what is really fulfilling in life. That's the other thing I learned. The most fulfilling thing is life. It's not happiness. It's not money. It's growth. It's development. It's being a little better at something than you were yesterday. Like that's what life is all about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, this was awesome, Gina. I yeah. think I think uh, 
we should wrap it up, but this is better than we could ever imagine. And we're so grateful to have you on. Thanks guys. I like this. We should do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Like our little talks. Maybe we should uh, fly you out. We can put you in the studio. Our studio is uh, this old bedroom. That... Well, I mean, I'm moving to Vermont. I don't know if we already told you, but I'm moving to Vermont. Shane and I have already agreed. Wait, for real? Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. We're really moving to Vermont. For real? Yeah. We, yeah. Got, we got our firsts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so serious. Like, I mean... Yeah. We can do this off the recording time, but... Like, I know, I was, I was going to say, not to put it out there on, like, the YouTubes, but Vermont is definitely the place to be. It absolutely is. I just, you know, I don't want, like, you know... Only if you're cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, only if you're real. Yeah. And you really are really living your life, and you want to... Yeah, I know nothing about Vermont. I don't know about... We'll teach you. You'll learn. Great foraging. So you'll like that. The more time you spend up here, the more you'll learn about it. It's yeah. It's not like we're just seceded from the rest of the country. It's just it's just a little different up here than it is in the other states, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I travel like to Europe and stuff, and I'd be like, I'm from Vermont. And they're like, Where's that? It's like they'd, it's they'd be like, Is that is in that America. in New York? Yeah. <laughs> is that in is that in Florida? <laughs> is that some obscure region in Canada? <laughs> yeah, kind of. But uh, yeah, um, I just want to say thank everyone for listening. Um, thank you, Gina, for coming on. And if you wanted to say anything to people who are listening, say goodbye or whatever, feel free. Um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to say that like, um, go out there and love each other. Don't stop loving each other. Even when it's really, really, really hard. Um, and... Learn about gardening. Grow your own food. Put yeah. good things in your body. I agree. Go on a run. And, yeah. And, and, and also, also educate yourself about rituals and maybe try it out in your own life. Yes. All great advice. Awesome. This is, this is great. Thank you so much, Gina. You're welcome. Bye, guys.